and welcome to the VCP Talk podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Knight. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about wellness plan programs. Now, you all know what wellness plans are, and maybe you've thought about implementing the plans at your practice, but maybe you've also heard about issues. Frankly, our industry really doesn't provide great data on how much a wellness program can truly benefit your practice in specific terms, so it's natural to be hesitant or, you know, delay. The thing is, VCP has extensive data. Our data shows how much of an impact well-run programs can make on pets, on your clients, and your practice overall, typically driving significant growth in revenue. So what are these common issues? We call them the six myths of wellness. There's really six ones that we see quite a bit. To unpack these myths today, I've got with me VCP's president, Bob Richardson, and executive vice president, Ron Nelson. These two are going to tackle these six myths and explain why they actually aren't true. So here we go. Myth number one, wellness programs attract bargain shoppers instead of loyal clients who care about their pet's health. Bob, what do you think about that one? I have frequently heard veterinarians express concerns about wellness clients who they say typically fall into one of three categories. There are those who are one, just looking for discounts, Two, will negotiate care as if it were a car, not a life. Three, would potentially take services and then not pay. The thing is, significant data proves that wellness plans attract loyal customers who do a lot more for their pets. These owners are specifically not looking for discounts, as the Bayer study in our own research has shown. Plus, wellness clients tend to be very compliant with extra recommendations. In our experience, wellness programs that focus on value can stick to their retail pricing while making payments affordable by spreading them over 12 months. That alone is typically enough to help pet owners say yes to a wellness plan. And finally, with well-managed mispayment management team, defaults are extremely low. We rate this myth false. Okay, on to myth number two. I'm selling to my existing customers, not new ones, and now at a discount. Nicole, that's a Good myth. And we just heard Bob talking about discounts and really striving to create wellness programs that deliver value instead of discounts and using options and additional services that the hospital may offer. So looking at this, uh, we went back to the research and the VCP research shows that 60% of wellness plan clients are net new to the practice. So it's a great growth tool to attract new clients. In addition, this myth ignores the reality that wellness members spend more per pet. This additional spending extends to existing customers who may sign up for a wellness plan for their pet as well. Again, looking at the research based on over a million pet owners, it has shown that a customer who is spending four to $500 per year before signing up on a wellness plan spend on average $55 per month for a wellness plan. So when you look at the numbers, you're actually ahead about $160 just on the basic plan itself. That number rises even more when you take into account additional services. If you add the out-of-plan spending that almost always occurs, you're looking at annual spending of $1,200 to $1,500 per pet. So you see a huge, almost 3x, and we've seen higher, for a 
pet on a wellness plan that the the pet owner is spending more it's um, agreeing to the recommendations or utilizing other services and products that the hospital might offer. The other great benefit of a wellness program is compliance. So we see a 90% plus in compliance rate for those services in the plan. So looking at the growth in revenue across the board and the net new 60% of wellness plans are for new clients, um, I'd have to rate this myth false. Okay, on to myth number three. Doctors make less money for the same services for pets on wellness plans. This myth ignores the big picture benefit of wellness programs. In reality, VCP's data shows that doctors make significantly more money on a wellness pet. Here's why. Wellness plan clients tend to more readily agree with their veterinarian's recommendations, meaning they do more services in a visit than a typical non-wellness pet. They also buy more add-on services. These services aren't typically sold at a discount, which means more overall revenue with wellness pets. Well-run wellness programs actually generate more income for doctors and hospitals, which benefits everyone. We rate this myth false. Okay, and now for myth number four, wellness plans are hard to manage. Nicole, that's an, another very good topic. It's true that a wellness program can be a lot of work, but I feel the myth is really does it have to be that way. So let me explain. Wellness plans don't have to be a drain on the team time if you follow specific steps before rolling out a program. And look at the key areas that usually add to the frustration and the workload and does it have to is the question. So first is the plan itself and the ability to really answer the needs of your clients and practice medicine and follow the protocols that you want to. So a plan design and software that allows you to customize by pet with different options, and even the ability to add an option mid-plan. Often, just like us, our pet owners might change their mind. They might opt out of an option upon enrollment, but decide two months later that, hey, they do want that option. So being able to do that seamlessly and easy takes a lot of that frustration of managing a program as far as options away. The second part is handling payment issues. Now, when I talk about payment issues, it's not just someone doesn't want to pay. It's credit cards expire, cards get lost, there's temporary holds, and this can add a lot of frustration um, for the team due to other solutions that if they're only doing recurring payments, if one of those happen and the bank declines, they turn it over to you and your team and you need to figure out how to track it and get them back on course and the, if it goes over a month, the balance is no longer true. The VCP solution is different than it's based on recurring billing and the system itself rectifies 35% of payment issues. So it understands the error that comes in. If a card is on a temporary hold, it will automate a reattempt and rectify the situation. Also, there's a customer support team. So if the software doesn't completely fix this solution, a team is calling out so that your practice team isn't chasing payments instead of helping pets. And I think in my conversations, that's probably the number one frustration is the management of those payments and understanding what's going on and being able to see it. And it takes care of those systems for you. It's key to understand on a wellness program why it's worth the investment. They're not discount programs. They're about value and building relationships. So how you create your program, have a partner that will give you advice on how to differentiate your plans, how to use options with other services in the practice to enable growth is key. And believe it or not, helps in the management and makes it easier. So 
looking back over what I've just talked about, managing the payments, giving options, the CRM as far as, hey, expiring card information, um, alerting pet owners, allowing them to help themselves through a portal are key in the management. And picking a partner that does that for you is key. So again, I go back to the myth. Is it really, does it have to be that way? So I'm going to rate this myth false. And now for myth number five, clients sign up, consume a lot of services up front, and then ditch the program. The VCP system has processed over 10 million wellness payments, and actually the numbers just don't bear this out. If it's a concern, a simple option is to delay delivery of big ticket services until new clients have built up a history of making payments. Hold off and spay or neuters or dentistries until the client has made at least a few auto payments. Another idea is to build the anticipated loss rate into your plans. So if your loss rate is around 2%, then add 2% to all of your plans to insulate your practice against any potential defaults. The bottom line, we rate this myth false. Now on to our last and final myth. Myth number six is we're in a high-end socioeconomic area, so people don't want these plans had discussions on this a couple times, and, and I find this a little fascinating. I think part of it is that we talked about earlier the misconception that wellness plans are discount plans. So they may have started years ago that way, as, as we had mentioned. Key here is that they're really membership plans. And the key areas that draw people to membership is that loyalty, peace of mind, especially when it comes to veterinary care for their, their beloved pet. So when looking at this, people in all tax brackets flock to membership programs. Think about Costco, Netflix, Amazon Prime, just to name a few. To me, and from what I see, wellness plans are no different. The desire for membership really has nothing to do with social economic level. People with money like to budget. They're not against saving if, if there's some savings, um, but they like to budget their expenses and know what to expect, just like everyone else. And people in expensive neighborhoods, well, they buy wellness plans, again, just like everyone else. I've had many um, with high cost wellness plans, if you want to say higher cost, that are very rich in options and features and people flock to them, and they do very well. The Smith ignores the nearly universal desire for pet owners to do what's best for their pets. Wellness plans give clients the certainty and the peace of mind of, of knowing they're doing what's best for their pet. It gives them kind of a roadmap. They feel good about that. Um, as a pet owner myself, during my especially my first pet, wasn't quite sure of what I was doing and what my pet needed. So wellness plans really give that peace of mind, let me know I'm doing what's best for my pet. With a pet that uh, I'm a schnauzer lover, uh, one of them with diabetes, it really led to that finding of issues early, which helped. So wellness plans, their draw is, is beyond social economic. No matter what, I think pet owners love wellness plans and they're a good ad for practice, for loyalty and that peace of mind. So I'm going to rate this myth false. Thanks so much, Bob and Ron. So that wraps up our rundown today of the six most common wellness myths that we hear about at VCP. You know, at VCP, our mission is to help pets and practices to thrive. So if you have questions about wellness plans that we didn't cover today, feel free to reach out to us. You can 
subscribe to this podcast or you can email us through the VCP Talk page, vcptalk.com or our homepage, which is vcp.vet. So that's it for today. Please subscribe if you want to hear about future episodes and thanks and have a great day. 